0: and welcome to the Barbell Mamas podcast. My name is Christina Previtt. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist, researcher in exercise and pregnancy, and a mom of two who has competed in CrossFit, powerlifting, or weightlifting, pregnant, postpartum, or both. In this podcast, we want to talk about the realities of being a mom who loves to exercise. Whether you're a recreational uh, exerciser or an athlete, we want to talk about all of the things that we go through as females going into this motherhood journey. We're going to talk about fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum topics that are relevant to the active individual. While I am a pelvic floor physical therapist, I am not your pelvic floor physical therapist and know that this podcast does not substitute medical advice. All right, come along for this journey with us while we navigate motherhood together. And I can't wait to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Barbell Mamas podcast. Proceed to here. And if you are looking at the video version of this podcast, I am looking rough. So we're on the East Coast of Canada, and I was just in Bellingham, Washington on the West Coast And there is legitimately no good flight options to be able to get from the West Coast of the U.S. to the East Coast-ish of Canada, Central Canada, more likely. And so I ended up taking a red eye, which I don't know if you are a person that can sleep on an airplane. I am not. I cannot find a spot to get comfortable. I end up waking up all the time. The flight, like, it's not long enough. It is four hours. So you're kind of half awake, half asleep for a very short amount of time. And so I am on the struggle bus today. (laughs) But, you know, like, it's crazy when you have kids because I want to get home to them. I travel a lot on weekends. I roughly travel about two weekends a month because I teach one pelvic course a month and one geriatric course a month. And you want to get home. So you try and find the closest or the soonest option. Um, But my husband and I were talking that I don't know if the red eye is the option for me, because I feel like, and maybe it's, I'm, I'm not 21 anymore. I'm in my 30s that it is rough. So if I look a little bit kind of bags under my eyes, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, I apologize. And hopefully my brain is going to connect. It almost feels like, you know, when you're first in that postpartum haze, that's what that sleep deprivation, well, it is largely sleep deprivation, that early postpartum phase, but that is what it feels like when you have a really, really rough night's sleep. So I'm hoping that today our podcast episode is going to be kind of coherent um, because this is a topic that I wanted to talk about for a while. So today we're talking about the first trimester. So you just found out you are pregnant. If that is you and you are listening to this podcast, congratulations. I am so excited for you. And I remember when I first found out I was pregnant, I got that positive pregnancy test and all that went through my mind is, "Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant." oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And then you start looking at things online and you start, you know, dealing with emotions and things. So we really, I really want to talk about in the podcast, this podcast today about what you can expect, what are, are things that I would think about our resources or, you know, situations or challenges that you may be experiencing in the first trimester. I'm going to try and be as clear as I can knowing that everybody's journey is a little bit different, um, but kind of guide you as much as I can around things to expect and and ways to look forward for the first trimester. So the first thing that I wanna talk about is the emotions that come with that positive pregnancy test. And it does not always have to be that that pregnancy test is positive and you are excited. And I know that we don't want to acknowledge this part, but I want to hold space for differences in situations and circumstances that may happen when you have a positive pregnancy test. So if you are a person in a loving, supportive relationship and you are trying to get pregnant, that positive pregnancy test, the first one can have so much joy. And I was that person that was in that space where we were trying to get pregnant. Thankfully we got pregnant in our first month and we were just so unbelievably excited, but that's always the case for everyone. Um, so if this was a pregnancy that was unexpected or maybe a pregnancy that was unwanted, um, I want to hold space for you that just because you are not overwhelmingly excited, that does not mean that those emotions are normal or that you are somehow a bad person. Because whenever there is a positive pregnancy test, there is, if that baby ends up, you know, coming around, it means that your life changes forever, and and that's a big shift. It's a big change. It's one of the, I would say, it's the biggest astronomical change that we have in our life is when we become parents. And if you are a person who has experienced pregnancy loss, I also want to hold space for you, because that positive pregnancy test, while there is so much joy, there is also anxiety and sadness and worry. And for individuals who are having a positive pregnancy test after loss, it doesn't have the same 100% joy-filled experience because it's always feeling like it has an asterisk sign beside it. And so the first thing that I want to just make sure that we acknowledge before we go into anything else around what you're going to feel or what you're going to experience or all those types of things is that when you have that positive pregnancy test, whatever emotions come up for you, and and they can be multiple, it's not only going to be one, like we are complicated humans and and you can experience joy and sadness at the same time or joy and fear or anxiety and fear or just. Maybe anger because this wasn't what you were expecting, and you thought that you were going to be having another pregnancy, and then all of a sudden, and you got oh, you were okay with that, and then all of a sudden, now you are pregnant again. All of those feelings are okay, and that doesn't mean that maybe eventually this baby is not wanted, and there are, are you know, there's a lot that are, is going on in reproductive health care in the United States, but all of those feelings, all of those feelings are okay in that first trimester. So the part after that is you say, okay, well now what do I have to do? So I have this positive pregnancy test and now you start to question all your life choices. (laughs) And you're like, am I doing everything right? What do I have to change? Do I need to change anything? Do I need to shift anything for my exercise? What do I have to do from a food perspective? And I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but what do I need to change? So let's talk a little bit about some of the changes that you're going to feel in your body and what are some of the things you're going to notice maybe in the first trimester, and then we can kind of go into the exercise piece of it. One of the first things that happens in your body when you have a positive pregnancy test is that when fertilization occurs and we have the implantation of the egg in the uterus, you start to develop a hormone called human chorionic gonadotropin, which um, is produced by the placenta. Our body starts to create the placenta and that is what is picked up on a urine pregnancy test. And then from there, our body, mom's body, starts to ramp up production of everything that it needs to help support baby. And so one of the biggest and the most immediate effects that you see when you are in your first trimester is changes to your heart and blood. You are going to immediately start increasing the amount of blood volume that you have in your body, because now we're gonna need more blood flow to supply the extra demand on uterus as baby grows and as we build the placenta. What that means is that when we are trying to make those changes, or we're automatically making those changes, That is where individuals experience an increase in their resting heart rate. They can start doing exercise and feel absolutely wiped. And they're thinking, what the heck is this? Why am I feeling so tired? Um, And the fatigue part in the first trimester is unbelievably overwhelming. Most people are not going to experience kind of those classic pregnancy symptoms, usually until like the sixth week. So some individuals will get that positive pregnancy test at four weeks, and then they'll be like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe it's not going to hit me. And then that six-week mark comes, bam, Uh, all of a sudden the fatigue is really high, and you start to experience some of those other symptoms. So uh, the biggest ones that is really going to affect our exercise is the fatigue and the nausea. And everybody's going to be a little bit different in terms of the amount of fatigue they experience. And especially there's a ton of variability in the amount of morning sickness that individuals experience. The reason for those differences, we really don't know. And if you have no morning sickness with one pregnancy, you may get hit with it really badly in another. And we don't know why that is either. Um, But you can have a range from maybe you feel a little bit unwell if you haven't eaten. Or you can have like some minor nausea, but you haven't really thrown up. Um, You can get a little bit of uh, nausea and you throw up every once in a while. And then you can be on the complete other side of the spectrum where you legitimately feel like you have the flu. So I did an interview with Shannon Clark. And by the way, she just had her baby. We'd heard her interview where she did that power lifting me eight months pregnant. And she had hyperemesis gravidarum. She was a uh, world's strongest uh, strongman athlete. And she just delivered a healthy baby girl. But she had described in her interview that she had hyperemesis gravidarum. And you know, such a baddie that she was like in between squat sets and puking uh, at the gym. Like, I don't, I do not, I would not, I don't even think, I'm not even going to put like a questionable part on it. That would not be me. <laughs> would be so she has such an incredible work ethic when it comes to her sport. Um, and I, I am not that so inclined, um, but that's kind of on the other end of the spectrum with hyperemesis gravidarum. And the symptoms of fatigue and the symptoms of nausea are probably going to be the biggest barriers and the biggest considerations for exercise in the first trimester. So a lot of people feel really guilty because they have a hard time just getting through their day. But the thought of exercising, especially exercising at intensity, is something that just feels really overwhelming or something that doesn't feel possible for them. And so if that is you, I want to give you some grace and I hope you give yourself grace and say, you're doing a lot of work. You are building brains and hearts and nervous systems and muscles and skeletons on little babies. You are establishing all of their really important systems. And a lot of that, you know, from a couple of cells to an actual baby that you can see on ultrasound Um, those systems start to develop in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy in that first trimester. And so if you do not get to the gym as much as you want to, or if you bring the intensity down, that is absolutely okay. You can go back to more intensity in the second trimester, you are not going to lose all of your fitness. And hopefully in the second trimester, for most people, they get like a big jolt of energy um, and they feel a lot better and can go back into the gym more regularly if that's something that they are interested in doing. And so in the first trimester, some people ask like, do I have to start, do I have to start modifying anything? And the answer is usually no. And here's why. So when we think about baby and baby's growth, when you have that initial implantation and the original development of the fetus, you have that baby super far nestled back into your pelvis. So if your body is used to doing a certain type of exercise, there is no reason for you to have to step away from that. So that can be making contact in the hip and feeling that barbell contact for the snatch That can be burpees. Some people get concerned about doing burpees on the ground, um, double unders, running, all of those things, even using a weightlifting belt. Like I've had individuals use a weightlifting belt into their second trimester, feel totally fine. There is no reason from a baby perspective that we are going to be modifying exercise. And we have absolutely zero evidence that vigorous intensity exercise or exercise of any kind In the absence of a reason why you shouldn't be exercising that your doctor or your OB or your midwife would tell you, we don't have any link between exercise and miscarriage in what we know in the literature thus far. And so we have individuals who are training for marathons. We have individuals who are continuing to do the CrossFit Open. um, You know, we have mamas who are still going to burn boot camp and doing Pilates. Like All of those things are absolutely okay in the first trimester. And so there is nothing from a physiology perspective that you are putting baby at risk. Um, Baby is super far in your pelvis. So if your body is used to certain type of exercise patterns and behaviors, then you do not have to worry. There is nothing that is from a movement perspective contraindicated outside of anything that would be like a, a fall or a blow to the belly. When we are thinking further along, the next question people say is like, well, when do I have to start modifying some of these activities? And honestly, that's going to be really individual on how you feel, how you present, like kind of how big your belly gets and your comfort level with certain activities. So for example, some people who are longer torso, they may not be really showing, especially if it's a first pregnancy until 22, 24, sometimes 26 weeks pregnant. And still feel relatively good with all their movement patterns. Um, and other people, especially if they're short torsoed or they've had a bunch of babies before, this is a, not their first rodeo, um, your belly might pop a little bit sooner. And you may feel those um, that discomfort with those movements a little bit earlier. So what you're going to notice in all of our Barbell Mamas programs, for example, is that we don't have a, if you're in this trimester, do this modification. If you're in that trimester, you do this one. We have a later pregnancy modification, so second or third trimester, which basically is if belly is getting in the way or you are feeling uncomfortable because of how your baby bump is, here is a way that we would modify it, knowing that some people are going to modify those exercises at 26 weeks and some people are going to modify them at 28. Where my advice comes around modification for exercise usually isn't in the type of exercise itself, but in the intensity of it. When you are exercising, especially at high intensity, you are tired after you work out, right? The metric that matters in exercise is effort. And you kind of have this like dip of energy after you exercise. We all do. When you're pregnant, times that by five. And that's where we really are. And that is super relevant um, because we need to get through our day. And so if you are able to exercise at your CrossFit gym and you're going max out and a hundred percent, and then you feel like you cannot even get up off the couch the rest of the day, then that might be an indication for you to bring your exercise intensity down. I remember when I was pregnant with Quinn, I was one, of, it was a CrossFit open that there is two of them in the same year. I don't know if you guys, I think that was obviously Quinn was born in 2022, so It was like the 2021 season where they were trying to figure out where the open was. But I was like 16 to 19 weeks pregnant with him during that open season. And I remember there was a workout that I did not have to scale. All the movements were totally okay. I felt really comfortable doing them. And I remember I sent it. I felt so empowered that I was going to be able to do the exercises exactly as the workout was written. I was starting to modify a bunch of my exercise and I was like, kind of bummed about it because I'm an athlete and it's always so fun to be able to do the the open workouts, Rx. And so I sent it and I felt so good. Uh, And then the next day I was on the couch. (laughs) I regret nothing. It was not bad for baby, um, but it it wouldn't be something that I would do all the time um, because, I I needed to work and I needed to do things and I was still doing my PhD, so um, there were a lot of things that kind of came into into that decision. But um, that's okay. It's just those are kind of your checks and balances that you need to do in your pregnancy to kind of figure out where <laughs> where you you're going to go from an intensity perspective, and that kind of comes into our our next kind of point of conversation is one of the things that's also important to notice is that your second pregnancy hits different than your first. And I don't mean that to to say that your first pregnancy isn't hard. That's not the case at all. It's that when you have a second pregnancy, you have a baby at home that doesn't understand that you are pregnant and you are mom. And what that means is, is that you need to have a bit more reserve in the tank because it isn't that you can go home and you can lie on the couch for a couple of hours Uh, which you can when you're pregnant with your first. Um, When you're pregnant with your second, you go from your work job to your parenting job. And that can make the amount of energy you need throughout your day become a little bit more challenging. And so I find that mamas who have had babies before, this is not their first rodeo. um, They will dial down their intensity a little bit sooner than maybe my first time mamas, which is totally okay. Just because when they look at how much energy they need throughout the day, they have to put in that parenting variable um, that wasn't there with your first. So I always joke that that second pregnancy hits a little bit different. So those are kind of things that we're going to think about from the exercise perspective. And then a lot of times in pregnancy, when you start getting that first uh, positive pregnancy test, then there's a lot of education that... Individuals are, are looking to kind of soak up. Sometimes in my social media, I kind of figure out who is pregnant or trying to conceive because these are individuals who have not followed any pregnancy accounts and they're big influencers. And then they start following my account, which I freaking love. And then, you know, a couple months later, I see this pregnancy announcement, which is really cool. Um, but when you are thinking about the education piece, I want to finish off with this last kind of note is please 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 be mindful of who you are taking pregnancy advice from there is so much fear focused language in pregnancy it can be such a joyful time in a mama to be's life in a person's life um but it can also be a really stressful and anxious time in a person's life. And that can be made worse if you are following a lot of accounts that have fear focused language. So I'm going to finish this off and I want to do a little bit of a podcast about this, but I'm not really sure how to message this in a way that doesn't feel like I'm like putting everybody on blast because that's not the case. It's, I want you to be mindful of who you follow. So kind of the things that I think about is does the person have the education to be to be giving you information on pregnancy? Do they have the education? If they are talking about their own pregnancy, are they saying, like, this is what works for me? Or are they making blanket statements about all pregnant people and they have never trained or done exercise with a pregnant person outside of themselves? And are they speaking in absolute language? So if they are using words like safe and unsafe exercise, if they are saying, you're going to ruin your abs if you don't do this, or these are ways to protect your pelvic floor. This is ways to protect your abs from diastasis recti. Please either mute or unfollow those people or take it with a grain of salt, because I don't want you to go into exercise and be afraid, um, knowing that everybody is going to have decisions around exercise that work for their bodies and that doesn't mean that any of them are wrong. It's just you are going to do an exercise what works for you. And so people tend to project their own thoughts, opinions, and fears online. And everybody has their own biases, but it's really important that you know pregnancy and motherhood are such visceral like experiences that a person has in their life. Um, I want you to be able to feel empowered and confident in your decision-making. And I don't want people's fear to creep in, especially when that fear is an evidence-informed and doesn't take into account your situation and your beliefs and your desires for your pregnancy. So all of that, social media has become a big area of education for mamas. Um, One of the books that I really love is Emily Oster's book, Expecting Better. She kind of talks about it from, she's an uh, economist. So she is not an OBGYN. So you have to, you know, take that into consideration. But she talks about some of the evidence and she does some literature reviews on different types of recommendations that individuals get when they're pregnant. Um, And so I found it super helpful. I am a data nerd. So I really appreciated that she talked about the strength and levels of evidence. Um, And so if that is you that you want that kind of nuanced argument, I I would uh, recommend following her. And then if you have any questions, please let us know. I'm going to finish up this episode with a little bit of a plug for our own research studies. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we have an open enrollment. So if you are listening to this and you are in your first trimester, less than 20 weeks pregnant, and you are, are tracking all of your exercise. um, We are doing a research study out of the university of Alberta. We are doing a longitudinal research study. That's looking at resistance training during pregnancy. So we want to know how you feel, how your fatigue is impacting your exercise what the percentages of weights you're doing, are you feeling good, are you experiencing pain, are you experiencing leaking, so that we can help guide mamas who want to exercise. So we're going to follow you throughout your pregnancy and ask at your uh, end of your first trimester, second, third, into your postpartum journey up to 18 months. We're going to ask for your training logs and ask how you're feeling to really start building these levels of evidence so that all of our education can be as evidence-informed as possible, um, based on where the research is right now. So if you have any other questions about that study, or you're interested in enrolling, please let us know. Um, If you want some guidance on your exercise during your pregnancy, know that we have our Pregnant CrossFit Powerlifting and Weightlifting programs that are available on the website. Usually people are kind of enrolling in those uh, programs after their first trimester or when they are starting to feel unsure of what they want to do with their extras program or what they should do. So if you have any questions about our programs, please let us know. Um, and if you're thinking about the postpartum, we have a webinar on our uh, website that I did a long, uh, about a year ago that was called Barbell After Baby. So to kind of set you up, if you're in the first trimester, you're maybe not thinking about birth just yet, but we have a lot of resources and uh, blog posts and things on the website for you to gain more information and access to education. All right. That is it for me. I'm going to bed. I am going to sleep. I have coffee in my hand at three o'clock. I probably shouldn't, but I am, I am on the struggle bus. Um, have a great week, everybody. And we will talk to you soon.